Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We all like the name The Rock across the board for now, and whether it be five years from now or ten years from now, things might change and Dwayne Johnson will be fine, but... To me, I don't put a lot of validity necessarily into the name at this point, you know, because people know me as Dwayne Johnson, people know me as The Rock, same guy. This is The Vault by Access Hollywood. We're taking you on an epic journey into the heart of Hollywood with iconic interviews and fascinating conversations from the biggest stars in the business. The Vault opens now. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Evans. And I am Zuri Hall. And you, you are listening to The Vault by Access Hollywood. And today, oh, do we have a treat for you? It's going to be an interesting day. It's going to be a ride. It's going to be full of some highs, a few lows, mm-hmm. but mostly just a Hollywood hero. I mean, this mm-hmm. is someone who has gone through a massive transformation in career in impact while also still staying true to who it seems he's always been, right? Yeah. yeah. We're talking more than 20 years in Hollywood and in the entertainment industry, actor, producer, entrepreneur, potential politician. I don't know. I don't want to go. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I I can only speculate. I can only speculate. But his films need no speculation. They Mm -hmm. have grossed over $10.5 billion. That's with a B. Yep. Yep. That's with a B globally, making him one of the highest grossing actors ever. I think one of the only other higher grossing is, I believe, Samuel Jackson. Really? And Tom Cruise. No, Samuel Jackson really? is the highest paid or the, the most bankable actor in Hollywood. Wow. Marvel. Good for him. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Crazy. So this guy is second most bankable, you're saying? He's in the top tier. Top tier. Okay. Up top tier echelon. most. Top tier of the most bankable. They paid, basically. Real, real paid. And, real paid. and also influential. Time Magazine has actually included this particular person on the 100 most influential people in the world. We're talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. You smell what The Rock rock is is cooking. cooking. Ah, yeah. You you got it. The people's eyebrow. (laughs) I I remember the first time that I ever interviewed him. Uh I was so starstruck. I wasn't even living in LA yet. I was covering a red carpet for a friend. And he was like, hey, I can't cover this carpet, last minute bind. Would you want to do it for me? 
say less. Yeah. So I was like down the carpet, like towards the, the end, I would say it was kind of like, am I going to talk to Dwayne? Am I not? I don't know. And I just remember when he came up and smiled and I like fell out like the church faint, like in my mind, I didn't fall out <laughs> yes. because he was just so larger than life. And literally his smile was just on a thousand. And he just exuded this, like, I don't know. There was just such a presence about him. And mm. he was so freaking nice. That was a pleasant surprise. I mean, he seems like a charming guy, right? But I was super new to Hollywood at the time. Like I said, I wasn't even living there. And I just remember him taking the time to actually talk mm-hmm. to anybody who could get his attention, first of all, because he was getting pulled a thousand different ways. But if he saw you, if he made that eye contact on that carpet, I'll never forget. He was talking to the most random outlets when most stars would already been up in the theater. Right. In their seat. And I was one of them outlets. Ours wasn't random, but still. He's still, and he's still that guy. He's still yeah. that guy. So, so cool. In my head, mm-hmm. we are really good friends. Okay. I right? love that like for in, you. In my head, like, <laughs> I, and I'll, I'll never forget the thing that did it. I know a buddy, you know him actually also, a mutual friend of ours actually trained with him years ago. Okay. And knows that his mother calls him, I'm going to tell you, Dewey. And I yelled Dewey out on a carpet. When I tell you this man snapped around and was like, who just said that? And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. He's coming to (laughs) go. What do I do? Do I say it was me? Do I say it was me? He looked at me. He was like, who told you that? And I was like, oh, I just, I just happened to know. I just, you can, can I ask you a couple questions? And we talked for probably Mm -hmm. way too long. Mm -hmm. And so I have been interviewing Dwayne since even before Access and his family members and and all that I've tra- gotten actually invited to travel the world even interviewing him mm-hmm. in Hong Kong and Hawaii and Mexico and he, the dude knows how to go on a trip mm-hmm. i bet he knows <laughs> how to go on a trip is i mean he's he is he's the exa- and can <laughs> oh, eat no pun intended <laughs> get ballers on HBO. Was it HBO? Yeah, right. Also, great show. Great show. Yeah. Gone too soon. Loved it. Loved Gone it. too soon. Well, he's busy. The Rock is booked and busy. So between if one show leaves, you better believe another one's coming. Right. Uh, we're gonna get to that, especially particularly Young Rock. But before we get to all the, the new stuff that he has going on, let's throw it back all the way to the '90s. Okay. 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 So we are turning back the hands of time back to '96 when he was starting wrestling because originally he wanted to be a pro football player. So he started thinking that that was the thing that he was going to do. That didn't pan out. What's really cool is you can see that story play out on his new show, Young Rock, which Mm -hmm. is on Peacock. But he wanted to play football, didn't end up working out. So in the end, he decided to start wrestling. So it's 1996. He would be the first third generation wrestler in the WWF, which is now, of course, the WWE history, following in the footsteps of his dad and also his grandfather. Mm. And he made a name for himself like this. I remember my brothers are like, oh, they're out, oh, people's eyebrow. And I was like, well, y'all please stop body slamming me while I'm trying to watch Clarissa Explains It All. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Like, everybody needs to sit down. And then I realized <laughs> the effect of, of, of the people's brow. So uh, this is the end of the 90s. He had become a massive star on the wrestling circuit. This is before mm-hmm. all of the big screen stuff that we know him for now. Access sat down with him in 1999 and asked about his wrestling persona and what it meant to be a role model to all of these young kids. This is what he had to say. 
I believe that um, the character of The Rock is a role model. I take that very serious. I'm, I'm very protective of the character, as our TV writers are too, in, in terms of what he is delivering every week. Um, again, you know, I believe that The Rock is a role model, not just a model playing a role, as a lot of guys would say, but no, I, that, I feel very responsible to that, and I'm well aware that, that uh, there are millions and millions of kids out there who like to emulate The Rock and say some of the things that The Rock says, and they want to do the people's eyebrow, and as long as they're not trying to drop the people's elbow on their teachers or on their friends or anything like that, I think everything is okay. Can you tell me where Smackdown came from, where that name originated from? Absolutely. The Rock would be glad to tell you where the name Smackdown originated. That is one of the Rockisms, one of the phrases that The Rock made famous. Of course, it was laying the Smackdown on your candy ass. I don't know if we could say that on Access Hollywood. But um, sure, so it was the name was derived from one of the Rockisms, and The Rock should be getting millions and millions of dollars from this as well, just like he does in the ring. Coming up with the name Smackdown Are Thursday you? night. Absolutely. Now, you're one of the biggest and the best. Everybody wants to come see you. How do you feel about that? I find it very humbling that, um, you know, before every match, they're chanting my name. Um, I find it very humbling that, uh, you know, my likeness is, my likeliness is on video games and, and lunch boxes and notepads and everything else you can think of, from T-shirts to hats. Um, so I, I find it very humbling. I, I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed, I'm very fortunate, as long as I'm continued to be blessed with, with a decent amount of charisma and, uh, and the good Lord's willing, then I'll continue to do what I do, which is entertaining. I just love <laughs> that he talked in the third person about yes. himself for yes. 75% of that interview. <laughs> yes, you, he has to, he has uh, to. Leaning he, what's, in. What's, what I love about him, he's the same dude, right? Who had this dream of taking care of his mom mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. whatever way that was going to happen, he wanted to create the kind of life that she would be able to, to experience where she had to worry about no thing, right? right? That her right. son was fine, that, that she was fine and that she could experience anything in this life that mm -hmm. she wanted. And man, has he gone above and beyond to make it happen. Yeah, nope, you're so right. You're so right. And it's so awesome to see him coming from such humble beginnings into mm -hmm. what he's grown into because he is so self-made in that sense. Mm -hmm. And so he took one opportunity, parlayed it into some other opportunities, parlayed those into more opportunities. I'm sitting here looking at Scott's face because I'm trying to figure out still if parlay is a word. It yeah. Is a word. In, fa in fact, in fact, he should be called Dwayne Parlay. parlay. Johnson. Johnson. Parlay. Let's go. Turn an initial stake or winnings from a previous bet into a greater amount by gambling. I'm with it for the most part, except with his skill set and talent, it doesn't feel like gambling. Like it's kind of only a matter of time. Mm -hmm. But he's certainly in fact, himself. I don't know if you know this, but parlay is actually French for the rock. The rock. Oh my, well, now it all makes sense. Yeah. It all makes sense now. Well, mm -hmm. Dwayne Parlay Johnson will always be the rock to us. Deep on down, deep down. I love that he also was like, yeah, just don't, what is it, candy slap? <laughs> Did you just say just candy give, slap? You, the people's elbow. The people's elbow. Did you just say candy slap? Candy. Scott, you heard it too. Go baby rewind and go back in the Can vault. 
Don't he said something candy. about candy ass. Candy ass. <laughs> He's different. He was the out smack here down on your candy ass, the people's elbow. Yes. The people's elbow. Okay, what, you, while I, I explain this, while I explain this to Zuri, we're gonna go on a break. We'll be right back after you this SmackDown. Look, I got on board once the film started popping up. Okay, <laughs> that's that's what I <laughs> see. This is this is the this which what you're what you're listening to now is the damage done to Zuri after all of those right. smackdowns in the living room. The, the Her brother. Shamari and Joseph getting on my nerves. I was just trying to survive my childhood. Uh, okay, wait. So let's jump forward then a little bit mm-hmm. because you want to talk about going That's from amazing. wrestling to now professional actor in another sense. You know, I don't want to uh-huh. offend any of the wrestling fans out there, but you see basketball players, football players taking more acting roles. Mm -hmm. But Dwayne might be one of the most successful people to ever parlay that. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So toward the end of his first stint with wrestling, he starred in this movie. 2001 was a year that gave us, I mean, it it was a doozy. Don't get me wrong. Right? But it gave us quite a bit. You know what I mean? The Mummy Returns. The role of the Scorpion King. Mm. It was a spinoff of the Mummy franchise. Brendan Fraser. Yes. Get into Brendan Fraser. Well, that's a name it. that's nice to hear. I loved him. All I remember is Bayou Bayou. <laughs> it was a Bravo Bravo in ancient Arabic. Uh, the, the, the Pharaoh said, I say it all the time. But this movie was one of the things I think really solidified him into not only acting, but like big action star. Listen to what he had to say. Now, everybody's talking about the fact that here you had your first movie. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a whole other movie as a spinoff that is based around you. Sure. From your very first movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of actors out there might be a little jealous of you. They may be. I'm not too sure. But there are, however, a lot of actors out there who get it, who understand and uh, who are very supportive, um, and particularly the ones I've talked to, and uh, which of course is Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Sylvester Stallone. Those guys have been wonderfully supportive of me, and, and uh, you know, for me to, to be doing a film of, of that genre of, of action, and here these guys have certainly cornered that market, mm-hmm. and um, been extremely successful. And being supportive of me means a lot, so I appreciate that. So, and yeah, so we're doing the Scorpion King. Do you feel? Uh, um a little pressured at all, knowing that you're going to, into this uh, action movie genre where the, everybody is talking about you are going to be the new action hero. Does that put the pressure on you? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, you certainly only feel pressured when you allow the pressure to get to you. And okay. it's just never really been my style. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to be compared to those guys. But, uh, you know, frankly, and I said this before, is that they those shoes are... Uh, just big shoes to fill, and uh, you know I, I couldn't attempt to fill those shoes because they're they're kind of just they're they're too big. So I, you know, I just have to make my own route and hopefully make the right decisions and continue to surround myself with 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 good people and and my agents and and good management and, and very importantly surround myself with with good actors. What I love most about that clip is the interviewer being like, you know, some people say and. This might be crazy, essentially, but you could be one of the biggest action stars on the planet one day. 
And then fast forward to three seconds later when he's the biggest action star on the planet. But no, you're exactly right. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's like a little bit of foreshadowing because you never really know, right? You kind of have a feeling when you see Dwayne step into yeah. this character, yeah. you're like, oh, snap. And he's prepared for that. Do you remember why did I get married too after Janet's first husband got hit by that bus and then the man that swooped in to slide in to fill the position was Dwayne Johnson? I said, now hold on. He was in for like five <laughs> seconds. Listen, hey, got me all excited listen, for the number three, the, the, the next film. Up. And I don't know if it happened. Because uh, I was just ready to see that relationship blossom, see? but they dangled that carrot and I thought we'd see it. We didn't, but never forget. And, okay, so then what about Get Smart? Remember Get Smart mm -hmm. where he played the the like the wannabe actor, <laughs> right? And he kept doing the he kept doing the people's eyebrow in the in like if you listen, if you have not uh -huh, seen uh -huh. Get Smart, I believe it's also John Travolta. When you're finished, go ahead and cue it up while you're listening to this. Uh -huh. And then as soon as we wrap up today, just pop you some popcorn, get you some wine and get ready to laugh your yeah. ass off. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's delivered pretty consistently. He is in a very elite class. Like those guys who were able to make the transition successfully from, mm -hmm. oh, I'm big and I'm brawny and I'm using that physicality for success to, right. nah, but I can act for real. No, I can make you laugh. I can be on the big screen. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, John mm -hmm. Cena, who arguably maybe The Rock kind of paved the way for in a small way, right? 100%, like, you know, that transition. 100%. Um, so it's been cool to see him sustain it. It's so funny because like, I remember asking Dwayne, we were in Hong Kong, accidentally wearing the same shirt, <laughs> right? <laughs> Mine was a Schmedium. He, his was probably custom. <laughs> and I remember asking him, I was like, I feel like you want to do a role where there's almost no action. I <laughs> feel like you are waiting for your, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not trying to be, you know, funny, but like, I feel like you're waiting for the role where like it really stretches you dramatically. And he was like, bruh, I'm working on something right now. And I don't know what the timing will be, but he's like, it's there. We've been, I've been practicing for this. I've been studying for this. And you're absolutely right. Like I want, I want the Oscar mm -hmm. contender. I want, whether it is Oscar nominated or not, I want that kind of character play, that kind of character study. Mm -hmm. So we caught up with him in, I think it was 2011 and ask him about the challenges that he faced when he first broke into the industry. Because remember, you got to think that it, we're not talking about the inclusion uh, situations that we have now, the mandates that we yeah. have now, and it's still a battle now. So back then, you know, this big dude from wrestling was facing a lot of uphill battles. This is what he had to say. It was seamless, yet it was difficult. And what I mean by that is it was seamless just in terms of me having the opportunity uh, because I was uh, fortunate enough to be successful in one platform in the WWE, uh, multiple cameras, live audience, 20, 30, 40,000 people a night, uh, uh, you know, and performing live in front of 40,000 people uh, was a very guerrilla style way of shooting. You were flying by the proverbial seat of your pants every single night, trying a monologue, trying things like that. And when it hits, it hits big. When you fail, well, you learn great lessons out of that failure. So the transition for me, it was seamless in terms of the opportunity. It was challenging in terms of, um, in terms of wanting to do more than just action movies. I wanted to break out. I wanted to do comedy. I wanted to do action comedy. I wanted to do drama. I wanted to explore family movies. Um, so I wanted to transcend genres. So that was the challenge when I first got in.
I like Moana. Do you? Yeah, you. You do. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it was my. It was my. Um, this is gonna sound crazy, but I'm telling you anyways because I feel like this is a safe oh, place. No doubt. I feel like you know this the will things not that be we broadcasted have learned about immediately on Twitter after we wrap recording. No. No, no, no. I, I, I believe that. I believe that you will keep this private. No doubt, babe. Can you hand me my phone? Okay. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> there was a time during 2020 mm-hmm. where, where the shit was real thick, where I, on a nightly basis, would fall asleep to the fairy tale of Moana. Oh, did you? That's how dark things got? It was it was the lullaby that you got me through. That got me through. And it and it wasn't until I, I made the switch over to Black is King. But then for a while I went back and forth. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. it was I I needed it. What was it major, about major Moana way. that made you just just took you to you where know, you needed F- to be? The perseverance, the perseverance, a young woman in search of her true destiny, her true mm-hmm. north, mm-hmm. And, and also fighting a battle against herself, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To know that the enemy is not this monster, but it is ourselves in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, at one point, at some point, we have to be able to wake up to the fact that we're in this together yeah. and that our that's our superpower. That's yeah. Our real superpower and Amen. the the musical performances of Moana are just. But bring it here. Let's be honest. Dwayne was singing, yeah. singing, singing. Like I love. I mean, that. singing, singing. Yes, I love to see anyone step outside of their comfort mm-hmm. zone and try anything. It's so easy once you are proven in a space to just keep doing what you know you can do because everyone will be happy and you don't have to fail or fall on your face publicly. So anytime someone is willing to share in talent that maybe up until that point they kept to themselves or explore uh, new things that maybe aren't so talented with, I respect it. And, you know, even for Dwayne, like you can be one of the biggest stars in the world and still not take risks, right? Just keep churning out what you know how to turn out. And there's something to be Mm -hmm. said for the fact that the bigger you get, the more pressure there is to stay in your lane. uh, Because Mm -hmm. what is it? Schadenfreude? Is that how you say it? Schadenfreude, the German word for basically people liking to see successful people fail or famous Ah. people fail. It makes you feel better about your life or your situation or whatever. And so I can see how you get to a certain level, you know, I was just trying to parlay it into this kind of like big picture statement, which is, you know, I'm saying Dwayne Parlay Johnson (laughs) took those risks anyway, and he He wasn't worried about falling on his space and then as we see it didn't happen <laughs> but you know what though you know what though i if if you ask him he would tell you he would tell you that he was worried about falling on his face honestly he would tell you that he was afraid and he just didn't do it anyway he didn't yeah. let it stop him. And right. that's like, that's the, you know, you and I have talked about this before, not allowing the fear of a thing mm-hmm. to prevent you from the experience of a thing or right. the growth, really, the right. growth of a thing. And so mm-hmm. he is a shining example of that. I mean, you talk about not only acting, but also producing, you know what I mean? Then then um, back into television. And now he's got a, a, a fitness competition show, mm-hmm. you know, the Titan Games on NBC. I mean, like he really is trying potential it looks like maybe posturing for a presidential no. bid oh okay yes for a presidential bid honestly he's already he's been branding for the presidential run since the 90s i mean the people's 
brow, the people's elbow? <laughs> is it really the people's brow or is it just the elbow? I still can't wrap my mind around the WWE of it all. That's the tricky part for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you so much. Oh, I love you man. so much. Same Z's. Listen, thank you, uh, Dwayne Parlay the Rock Dwayne Johnson. Parlay Johnson. Um, to close out our Dwayne Parlay Johnson episode, we're going to jump ahead a bit. <laughs> we know uh, he's obviously one of the biggest stars in the world now, but despite that, he's always stayed so humble and grounded, just very down to earth, never forgets where he's come from. Um, and during an interview with him back in 2015, we asked him about one of the most difficult times in his life and how that led him to really become who he is today. Listen to this. When I was 13, yeah, 14 years old, we were living in Hawaii and we were living in a very small efficiency at that time where it was so small, it's, it's those efficiencies so small where you pay by the week. And it was like 180 bucks, I'll never forget that, a week. And we had gone weeks without paying it and the landlord was super cool and just kept saying, when you pay, when you can just pay, just pay a little bit. So we'd pay like 20 bucks here, 40 bucks here. And then finally it, it just, it reached a point where he couldn't, he could no longer just turn his cheek to it. So we were evicted. What was the toughest time for it? Like what was the toughest moment? Can you remember pinpoint it? Yeah, absolutely. The toughest moment for me was standing there um, when we came home and there was a, a lock on the door and with an eviction notice and then uh, looking over at my mom and then she just starts bawling. Cause it's like, you know, when you're struggling and you're going through it and a lot of people out there going through it, uh, when you reach a critical time where you hit rock bottom and then it just, she, it was just, it was like waterworks coming out. She was bawling. And that was tough because you feel helpless and you want to do everything you possibly can. You want to make sure that this never happens again. And me at 14, I honestly, and it's kind of crazy. This is why I should see a psychiatrist one day <laughs> is that at 14, I thought, well, what's the one thing that I could do? to make sure that this never happens again. And all the men in my life who I considered heroes or mentors, they were all men who were physical men who built their bodies and just did things with their hands. Like they were men's men. And I thought, oh, I gotta go to the boys club. I gotta go grab some iron. I gotta go take boxing lessons. I gotta do something. So that was a tough time, but out of that, all of a sudden, my mom's on a private jet and she's yeah. getting breakfast served and she yeah. starts crying again. Aww. And I'm like, let me take a picture of it. Yeah, she's like, oh, <laughs> when she's got the ugly cry. <laughs> right. So what would you tell your 14-year-old self right, right now? Like, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? One line if you had to. Um, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay and work hard and you're going to make mistakes. And you're going to fall on your face. You got to get back up and, and it's going to be okay. But there is no substitute for hard work no substitute for hard work that's it how many people can identify especially after the last 14 months 15 mm -hmm. months right how many people can identify with that moment of like it's all the eviction notice yeah right or the the idea that you had not working out the way that you planned it or the relationship that you wanted ending in a way that you, uh, that was devastating to you. Mm -hmm. You know, he is one of those examples of not only perseverance, but that loving on the way, right? Like being kind on the way, mm -hmm. working your ass off and taking as many people as you can in the work. I'm not talking about giving free rides and, and that kind of thing, but like he is 
a shining example of like making yeah. it the fuck yeah, happen absolutely um in the coolest the coolest you're way so right and he makes it look so good and then he's also got the family side on top of that right like he's been grinding and about that life since really a teenager since 14 essentially he's known what he wanted and gone after that with hard work with dedication um and it's cool to see that not only was he inspired by the generations that came before him right his dad grandfather um mm -hmm. but now expanding his family he has this beautiful wife lauren um a really great relationship with simone you mentioned mm -hmm. his eldest daughter who is following in her dad's footsteps and i live live for the videos of him and the little ones oh i am just gosh. like good god tiana and jasmine is just not fair they are so beautiful and just seeing that big old man <laughs> big old handsome man little bitty with yeah his adorable little Baby girls is just like, uh, so sweet. It's like, to me, what's just as sweet is when you see him cuddling his little baby Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? That little, that little chocolate nugget, Kevin, right now. Kevin Hart, chocolate you know, that little nugget, Kevin oh, Hart, man. you know what I mean? They, they, there are so many rumors swirling around these two being the next to take on the twins mm. reboot. Um, you know, made famous mm -hmm. by Danny DeVito mm -hmm. and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Danny Here DeVito told me that they actually, he has given him, given them the blessing okay. and that I believe they were waiting on word from Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think that conversation has already happened. Really? Okay. I'd yeah. be here for it, for a little remake. And you I love saying? Kevin and Dwayne together because they just play off of each other in the best way. And Kevin's self-deprecating humor lends itself very well <laughs> to Dwayne Johnson just leaning into the rock. The third person of it all. all. The rock of it all, exactly. <laughs> so they're a fun dynamic duo. So it'd be nice to see them back on screen again sooner than later. Oh, you can count on it because we got another Jumanji. I know they're doing it. I just, I know they are. They've got the Jungle Cruise mm -hmm. and he's got uh, DC's Black Adam. I cannot wait for this superhero, because I just feel like, I'm sweating yeah, just thinking yeah. about it. I'm sweating just thinking about it. That also might be my hot flash. Huh. Huh. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this time on The Vault. I'm gonna go Let's lay down before I hurt myself. Right, right. I see you breaking into hives over there. Let's go get yeah. Scott on bed rest so he can No, that's just, that's just beads of sweat. That's just beads of sweat. Turn the AC on. It's on, girl. It's on. Oh, you hot, hot, man. I got the AC on and the heat. Oh my goodness. With yeah, tea and a, with a hot tea and a cold tea. I don't know what day it is. I'm going to just say subscribe to this show yes, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go lay down. I'm Scott Evans. And I'm Zuri Hall. We'll see y'all in the next one. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Call and check on me, please. The Vault by Access Hollywood is hosted by Scott Evans and Zuri Hall, produced by Access Hollywood Digital's Jenny Depper and Rebecca Zamer, and Digital Media Management's Grant Rudder. Audrey Povar, and Ryan Middledorf, and Trey Boudet. Join us next week when we open up that vault again for more iconic celebrity interviews and all things entertainment. Rate, subscribe, and share.